helping disciple makers ignite a movement locally and globally. This is the Disciple First Podcast. Now, here's your host, Craig Etheridge. Welcome back to Disciple First Podcast. This is a podcast by disciple makers and for disciple makers. My name is Craig Etheridge. I'm your host, and I'm here with my good friend, David Fideli. David has served at First Colleyville for nine years in the ministries of missions, adults, and children. He currently serves as a kids and family pastor where he leads children and parents to be disciples and disciple makers. David has also been instrumental in establishing the disciple-making culture at First Colleyville by helping develop the current mission, vision, strategies, and processes at First Colleyville. David has been married to Sarah for 15 years, has four children, two boys and two girls, so he's got his own family ministry at, at home. Uh, David, welcome to the program. Hey, it's good to be with you, Craig. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, you and I work side by side just about every day. We uh, do, right. Making disciples, so you're a dear friend, and I'm really Glad to have you on the program. One thing I didn't mention is that you're doing a lot of consulting these days. Um, you're, you're conference speaking. Uh, God's really right. using you to help pastors and leaders think through family ministry in the context of the local church, right? Yeah, that's right. I, you know, I've really been honored and, and privileged to be able to do that. God's opened up, uh, you know, lots of doors over the these these past couple of years, especially to really speak into uh, the life of some churches and, you know, kids pastors and family pastors. And, and it's just really a, a joy to me and a delight to my ministry. Well, I think you bring a lot of insight to that, having been an adult pastor, having been a youth pastor, having been a kids pastor. Uh, you, you're a parent, so you've kind of seen all the different directions you've you've worked overseas. So you got right. a, a lot of experience that you're bringing to the table when you do these consulting. So let's just pretend that you and I are having one of those consultations with pastors. And we want to talk about how to implement a family ministry in the church. So if a pastor's, yeah, I, want great. To, I want to do that. What would you say? How would, how would we get started? Well, you know, I think that uh, first of all, I would acknowledge the fact that, you know, you're asking the right question. You know, it starts with, you know, with a pastor, a leader, a leadership team, you know, really deciding that, you know, we, we need to make some adjustments. We need to focus, maybe direct our focus in a different way. Uh, so I, I would just really start by acknowledging that and, and, and just saying, look, yeah, this is a, a great conversation for the day. Kids ministry is changing. It, it's not like it has ever been. Um, families need our, our help and, and our, our investment more now than what they ever have. We're living in a very complex and and changing culture and world. And, and so I, I think any pastor who's willing to have that conversation, uh, any kids pastor, family pastor, who's willing to kind of dig into that topic, uh, you know, that that's, that's really a, you know, a great thing. And I'm always honored to do that. Um, so, you know, in addition to that, we have to start where, where we have to start. And, and the way we kind of work that here is, is really uh, helping our, our leaders, our staff, our volunteers to get on the same page and, and really speak the same language. So then when we say, you know, things like uh, we use words like parents and home and family um, disciples that we all know what we're speaking about. And, and it's always important to, to build into your culture, these terms that 
that everybody just really understands. And so the first thing that I would do is, is, is really um, in, in terms of, uh, of defining these things would, would really be able to set a few, a few terms down. So number one would be the parent. Uh, how do you define the parent? You know, what, what is that definition? What is that role? You know, what do you th- consider them to be? So here at First Colleyville, uh, we've spent the past two years that I've, that I've been on board as a kids and family pastor, uh, really working through that. And so we've taken, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, a blend between um, uh, two verses or two sections of verses. So one is Deuteronomy 6. It's very familiar in, in kids and family ministry. Uh, lots of kids and family ministries are kind of building their foundation upon those verses. Um, and essentially what we find there is that God has set aside the parents to, uh, to really in, invest in and disciple their kids. And so uh, when we define the parents, we recognize that that is God's established role for them. And the way we say that at First Colleyville, and I know I've said this before, but what we say is that the moment that God gifted that parent with the child, in other words, the moment that God gave that child to them, he simultaneously called them to be the lead faith trainer of their home. And that their role and responsibility is to disciple their kids, train them up during those early years so that when they get older, and this is where the second verse comes in, Matthew 28, the Great Commission, when they get older, then they can then go make disciples for a lifetime. And so it's good to talk about that and really define what the parent is, what the role of the parent is, um, and, and really help to establish that so that you can help shape your culture and, and shape your church so that they're all talking about the same thing. Uh, the second thing that we want to define is we, we want to uh, make sure that everybody understands the definition or the role of the home. And so having a clear definition of what that looks like, what, what is supposed to be happening in the home spiritually, uh, what, what, you know, what is expected of mom and dad in the home. So we kind of have crafted a couple of things. This won't be exhaustive, but, but here are a couple of things. Number one, the home is a center. It's the center for, for several things. That, that thing that everything revolves around in, in terms of, of the development of, of that child. So one, the, uh, the home is the center for learning and growth. Um, this is not really a conversation about educational models, whether you do homeschool, private school, public school. It really just establishes the fact that whichever of those you choose as an educational model for your family, for your kids, that it still is mom and dad's responsibility to, to make their home the center of learning and, and growth and education. Um, another one would be that the home is the center for fun and failure. It ought to be the place where kids have fun. They ought to have fun with mom and dad. They ought to have fun with their siblings. They ought to be able to, you know, act crazy and, and just really enjoy and build, you know, and build those memories. But it also has to be the center for failure. Uh, I think one of the things that we have to come to grips with today in our community and our society is that uh, kids need to learn how to win well, but they also need to learn how to, how to fail well or lose well. Um, loss and, and failure is a part of life. It's what helps us to grow. So that ought to be a, something that's really important in the context of our home to help our kids succeed uh, and do that really well, uh, but also help them to fail uh, or do that really well. So when they do fail, that they have a safe and secure environment where they can be loved on and cared for in the midst of that, of that failure, um, which takes us to another one, that the home is a center for um, 
for safety and security. Uh, it is proven that kids learn best when they feel secure and safe. They they thrive in an environment that makes you know by which they feel um, very taken care of and very you know very uh, well um, uh, looked after. And so we want that to be in our home. So we define those terms at just off the very off the very front. Um, from there. Uh, then we want to move into a conversation. So once those things are defined, we want to move into a conversation that talks about church philosophy. Uh, I am convict. I'm convicted and convinced that if you're going to talk about implementing a kids and family ministry in your church, it starts with the overall church philosophy. Um, m- most people, uh, well, for the most part, this is not a conversation that that you know many in kids ministry are really having. Uh, but I like to have this conversation because it helps to set the stage for um, for for bigger things and, and helps us to determine where we're going. So when I talk about church philosophy, what I'm talking about here is having a conversation that determines, um, you know, who we are as a church. What is our DNA? What does that really look like? Uh, there are really two, uh, two thoughts here in terms of philosophy. Uh, those are called, and they're not unique with me, obviously, but... Uh, what's called the 3C model church and the 2C model church. Uh, the 3C model church basically is a model by which we have celebration, which is our worship, corporate worship environment. We have congregational groups, which are kind of congregational mid-sized groups. And then we have cell groups, which are discipling groups. Um, this model tends to uh, move people through those environments in order to get them to that cell group where they can be discipled, learn how to walk with God, be held accountable, uh, learn how to feed themselves, reproduce in the life of others. Um, and so we want people to get into that cell group model. And we see this progression from, from corporate worship into that congregational mid-sized group, and then they move out of, of that group into that cell group. Uh, the other model is the 2C model. And that 2C model is celebration worship or corporate worship and then the cell group. And they tend to leave out that mid-sized group component which in our scenario, in our context, is an on-campus centralized group model. Um, and so we, you know, we talk about, you know, we talk about that as our philosophy. And the thing about that and, and, and what is really important is that philosophy then helps to drive everything else that happens in ministry. So let me give you an example of that. So if I, if I you know, as a kid's pastor, if, if I'm looking to build uh, kids and family ministry, I need to know who we are as a church so that the programs and the ministry that I implement is helping to um, encourage that philosophy and to be consistent with that philosophy. So let me give you an example of, of what that looks like here at First Colleague. So we are a 3C model church. We do on-campus groups Sunday morning. Uh, those are coming out of the mid-sized group philosophy. We call those connect groups. Uh, but those connect groups are vitally important. They're a part of our process, and that happens at every level. So adults are having connect groups, students are having connect groups, and kids are having connect groups. And, and because I understand and know that that's our philosophy as a church, then I'm not trying to produce something different on a Sunday morning um, than what is being produced in the church as a whole. So I'm not trying to do things like kids' worship or um, you know extended, you know, any of those types of ministries that would step away from our philosophy and what we're trying to accomplish. And in order to, 
um, put together the most effective, uh, consistent, long-term family ministry. We have to think about our church's philosophy and then build our family ministry out of that philosophy. Now, David, as you uh, think through that, some churches may say they're a 2C model, right? Right. So mm-hmm. how would that, how would, how would uh, disciple making look differently in that model? Well, I think, uh, well, I think that's a great question. And, and I think that if you're running a 2C model and, and you're doing corporate worship and you're doing the cell group, I, well, so, so let me kind of say it this way. Um, when you're looking at it, those models, whether it's 2C or 3C, in, in the context of your family, there is a question that you have to ask before I answer the one that you've asked is that where do the parents fit in that? And so the parents fit in where normally an adult would go and find a couple of other people and invest in them. What's what we call the cell group, which is in both models. Uh, That's where mom and dad come in. And so what we're encouraging here is that mom and dad would take their own children. They would create that cell group within the context of their home. into a family devotional time or Bible study time or, or whatever that might look like. And that's where they disciple their kids. So if you're running a 2C model, um, you can still do that in the context of your family. It just means that you're, you're doing things a little differently. Your programs are going to look differently. So in running a 2C model, in, in the case where uh, kids are coming, their, their parents are in worship, corporate worship while their kids are having an experience that experience is going to look different that one hour one hour and 15 minutes can be groups uh it can be um it can be a worship experience Uh, but all of that is depending on the model that is there and typically um you know a a parent whatever experience the parent is having is a similar experience that the kid is having so if the kid um, has an hour at the same time that mom and dad have an hour and mom and dad are in worship, then typically what will happen is the programming will mimic that and kids will have, you know, an hour of, of kids worship. Um, but that really is up to the person implementing the programming. My encouragement would be that they talk about that philosophy with their leadership and, and decide together what is going to be most effective to help them accomplish the end goal. And in our case, that's to make disciples that make disciples, even among kids. So we feel like that while mom and dad are in groups in our model, then kids are also in groups. And then they go to worship together starting in first grade in our, in our model. And they can model um, and, and, and kind of uh, show that to their kids of how we do that together as a family, even in a corporate setting. So those in a 2C model, uh, they have some challenges, in my opinion, um, where, um, you know, the kid and the, and the parents may not go to worship together. Uh, their group life experience is going to look a little different. But even with that challenge on the table, they can still own that cell group time or that, that home time where they can say, this is a time that we're committing to make disciples of our kids. And we're going to do that as a lead faith trainer even though our church model may be a little different. And I think that really becomes the point in implementing a family ministry is that you understand what your end product is, and then you help your parents to figure out what's the best way of doing it. Now, many church leaders feel like it is a church's responsibility to uh, you know, raise up children to be godly uh, kids, that is, to receive Christ, to walk with God, and then be disciple-makers 
but there's another philosophy out there that says it is the role of the church uh, to equip parents to be engaged in that, that it's really the ownership, the responsibilities for the parent, and that the church kind of acts like a safety net for those kids that do not have parents that right. uh, are willing to do that. So uh, which side of, of, of those philosophies do you land and why? Uh, that's a great question, and, and I think it's a really valid one for churches to have to wrestle with. Um, you know, we, we do live in a time where, you know, we, we have blended families. We have, you know, lots of grandparenting going on where the grandparent is actually the lead faith trainer. And so we see here at First Colville, we see the church as a partnership where we want to partner with that lead faith trainer, whether it's a, a single mom, single dad, whether it's a blended home environment. Um, whether it's a grandparent, we want to partner with them. We see that they're taking up that responsibility as a lead faith trainer to invest in that child, to be the one who's going to take up that, that leadership to disciple them and train them up and help them to become who God wants them to be. Um, and so we, we tend to follow the model that the church is, is partnering with the, that lead faith trainer to equip them, to train them, to invest in them all throughout the year as a part of our programming. Uh, in order to help that parent or that grandparent be successful in that role that God has given to them. And so how we would articulate that is, hey, we want to come alongside you as a parent, grandparent, lead faith trainer. Uh, we want to equip you in some, in some very practical things of, how, of what and how to do it, uh, that things like uh, how to read Scripture together, how to have a family devotional time, how to memorize Scripture together, how to even things as simple as how to ask questions that would help cultivate, um, you know, the work of God in a, in a child's life. And uh, we have tools and resources that go along that same, that same thought process that just help parents to sit down at a, at a meal or sit down at a family time and ask really, really good questions uh, in order to, to generate conversation that will lead to spiritual things. And we think that that's really important. Um, in the case where, you know, we have uh, kids in our ministry who, you know, their, their parents are, are, are not quite there yet. You know, maybe they're spiritually mature, you know, maybe they're checked out. Maybe life is, maybe they're going through some crisis or, you know, maybe, you know, in some cases, maybe that that's just not something that they care about right now. Well, we have uh, people within the context of our ministries and our group ministry, our, our connect groups that are investing in those kids on a weekly basis. We have ministry going on even midweek where they're coming in hearing the gospel they're they're learning how to memorize scripture uh they're learning how to read god's word on their own and so we're we're willing as the church to do that in the case where a parent or or grandparent or the lead faith trainer is not willing to do that but ideally we believe that uh, god's role for that that parent that grandparent is to uh, be the lead faith trainer and to take up that responsibility and it's our job to come alongside them and encourage them and challenge them and train them to, uh, to really work in that. Uh, and so, you know, there are those cases where, where we have to come alongside and, and, and really invest in, in, a, in a very intentional way, and we're more than happy to do it. So family ministry is not just about putting a rack of information then on the wall. Uh, right. it's, it's much more uh, developed than that, and it really starts with, your philosophy of ministry, defining terms, what is the philosophy of your church, how then are parents developed and trained, and then 
children's ministry, kids' ministry kind of mimics that same process for children as there are for parents. Uh, and then churches equip parents to be lead faith trainer by how to have family devotion time, how to how to equip your children spiritually, how to lead them to Christ, how to encourage and nurture their spiritual growth. So that's really that really is kind of what family ministry is then. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think that's exactly that's exactly what it is and and uh, you know that's a, that's a, that's a great model for implementing it in a in a church environment that is is trying to make some decisions on you know, how do we make disciples in our context? What do you think holds churches back from really you know, implementing a fully orbed, healthy family ministry that both has the end product of a disciple and reproducing disciple for children and for adults? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think there, you know, there are probably lots of ways to answer that. I'll, I'll answer it this way. Um, just initially, I think what it comes down to, Craig, is it comes down to vision, um, overall vision to, to want to, to make disciples, to follow the command of Jesus, to dig deep into the word and, and recognize that, you know, when Jesus stood on the mountain in Galilee in in Matthew 28, and he says to those men, go make disciples, they didn't look at each other and say, well, what is he talking about? They understood what he was talking about because he had invested themselves or himself into them for for that period of time that he was with them. He called them out. He sent them out. He he, he challenged them. He he made an investment there. And so I, I think if if we're looking at God's word, even from the perspective of kids and family, we recognize that that to make disciples is what Jesus was is calling us to do. That's not something that we just do when we get older. It's not something that we say, oh, hey, well, my kid grows up, they can do that. It's something that we that we begin to really cultivate in them now. Uh, we take up the role that God's given to us as parents and leaders to, to encourage that and invest in that uh, so that that can happen in their lives later. Um, but I think it comes down to vision. I think it comes down to senior pastors and senior leadership um, coming alongside their, their family ministry team and staff and providing a good vision of, of what it, what that looks like. I think it also comes down to, and this is very much in line with vision of, of developing a really clear end product, not just for kids ministry, uh, not just for student ministry and adult ministry, but for the church as a whole. And that's one of the things that I've really appreciated at First Colleyville is that our leadership has been very intentional to, to, to make it clear that our job uh, on staff here is, is to make disciples at every level. And that just because I'm in kids and family ministry doesn't mean that I'm excused from fulfilling that mission. And, and I think that that, that that's really been good for me. I think it's good for our team. Uh, I think it's, it's also um, very necessary to communicate that as, as much as you can. Uh, I feel like that we, we, we do a, a fairly good job here to communicate that. Um, but I don't think it ever hurts to communicate it more. And to help, especially new people coming into the system, to understand what we're expecting and and what the end product is, and and then, you know, I think you know another thing um, that that might keep family ministries from thriving at this level is just the ability to to clear the table, uh, you know, during certain seasons to really focus on things like, you know, end product and process and 
and, and think about putting steps together that are going to help achieve that goal. You know, sometimes in family ministry and kids ministry, especially, we get so busy in maintaining the events that we do that, that, that we don't often evaluate and see how they fit in fulfilling that end product. And, and, and I know some of your, your uh, listeners are, are going to resonate with that. Yeah. You know, we're, some of them may say, you know, we're, we're so busy trying to get vacation Bible school done or just get week to week done that it, that, you know, man, that's just all that we're giving our time to. But I, I would submit to any kids pastor or senior pastor, senior leadership, I, I would submit that, you know, you, you don't have, um, you don't have the luxury of, of not evaluating and not looking at it in this manner. Um, you know, time is short and what God's called us to is, is really serious and really important. And, and we need to evaluate to make sure that we're being good stewards of our time, talent, treasures, resources, our people, uh, in order to help them be disciples and make disciples. And I'm convinced that a lot of what we're seeing in our culture today I believe by the grace of God could be remedied uh, if if a, a group of men and women and, and leaders in the church, lay people, uh, disciples would really be committed to helping parents become a lead faith trainer, training them to to take up that responsibility and carry that out day to day and, and, and plant those seeds of the gospel, see kids come to faith in Christ, and then disciple them in these young ages to know how to you know, read God's word, study God's word, pray, care about the lost, care about, a, you know, their walk with God uh, so that they can be discipled now. And I believe if that's done, Craig, I believe we would see great, great things happening for the future and future generations. Uh, we would see God be able to move in a, in a mighty way. We would see those kids grow up to be disciples uh, that would make disciples both in the context of their own home but in the context of, uh, of, of where they live, learn, work, and play. And, and I, I just really believe that. I'm convicted toward that. I, I'm convinced that, that God's Word is, is alive and active, and that if we follow what Jesus has called us to do to make disciples and training up our kids, then we'll see great things happen in the, in, in the generations ahead. Regardless of what, what happens in the world, God is going to get the glory for that, and I believe that. Yeah, I do too. And thank you, David, for your investment in the next generation. Thank you for being a leader uh, in this area and really calling churches back to making disciples uh, in the church, in the local church, and in the home. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, Amen. Thank you. If you'd like to know more about how to make disciples and make disciples, then go to disciplefirst.com. Disciplefirst.com is a one-stop shop for disciple-making resources. You can find out there uh, resources, podcasts, books, uh, conferences, where you can learn how to make disciples and make disciples. You can find out, uh, you can hear from other people like David that are in the trenches, in the field, making disciples right now. That's disciplefirst.com, disciplefirst.com. Also, you can join or register for one of our Flashpoint conferences. Flashpoint conferences are all across the country. Go to flashpointconference.com where you can get side by side and shoulder to shoulder with great conference leaders like David and others uh, and and really learn from what they're doing. Go to flashpointconference.com. And until then, go make disciples.